0: Welcome to the Mama Safe Fit podcast, Birth Story Friday. Today we have Angela, who's gonna be sharing her positive C-section birth story and then her second birth where she had a vaginal birth after C-section or a VBAC. Welcome to the Mama Safe Fit Podcast. This is Gina, perinatal fitness trainer and birth doula. And this is Roxanne, labor and delivery nurse and student midwife. And this is the Mama Safe Fit Podcast, where we empower you on your prenatal fitness, birth, and postpartum return to fitness journey.
1: Our podcast shares how to move throughout your pregnancy to stay strong and comfortable. Pain is not a requirement of pregnancy. Understand the science of birth and how to approach recovery after birth.
0: We share our personal experiences as mothers navigating the stage of lives, plus our professional
1: expertise as birth workers and fitness professionals professionals. Our goal is to help you feel confident as you navigate the perinatal time frame for an empowering pregnancy, positive birth, and postpartum journey.
0: We are glad to have you with us on this journey and that you've chosen us to support you. In today's birth story, Angela does have a cesarean birth and then she goes on to have a back for her second birth or a vaginal birth after C-section. And she was really passionate about wanting to share her story because she had a positive C-section experience and she wanted others to know that it is possible to have a good experience even with something that can be really scary like a cesarean birth. And one of the things that she found to be really beneficial with her and you'll hear it throughout her story, is she felt very informed on what was happening by her team. And so ways that we can help ourselves feel more informed on this potentially really scary experience is we can have conversations with our provider during our prenatal appointments on what could we expect if we needed a cesarean birth. So this is if you're not necessarily scheduling one yet, or maybe you have a labored C-section. If you already have an idea of what's going on, it could make your C-section a lot less scary because you're informed on like what to expect. What are some other tips that you have for folks to feel more confident and empowered during their C-section?
1: So yes, so C-sections can be a very scary thing, especially if they're not scheduled per se. So it's like kind of a sudden change in your birth plan. And I find that just asking questions. So like the more questions you kind of ask your nurses and express that, Hey, like, this is very scary for me. And I think that if there's ways that you can make it less scary, that would be really beneficial for me. So like asking, is there any way to like play certain music during the C-section is like, can somebody be there or will there be somebody there to kind of explain what is happening? If you're like a type of person who would like to know every step of the C-section, like, Hey, they're cutting the skin now. Now they're at the uterus. You're going to hear your baby cry soon. Also, asking the team, like, hey, I understand, like, this isn't every day. You know, you do C sections probably every day, but this is a special experience for me. If you want them to not be talking about other things during your surgery and during your birth, that's totally your right to be like, hey, like, can we not talk about the football game that's happening right now? And advocating that to your nurse to be like, hey, I I would like to not hear all of the side conversations during the surgery and just be able to focus on like this really special moment. And that can make a big difference because you're bonding with your baby and not hearing about how your doctor's weekend went at the same time. They're like kind of honoring this moment for you, not really talking about other things other than maybe potentially the actual surgery.
0: Other things that we can do is we can educate ourselves on what the different options are during your birth to include a cesarean birth. And so we include that within our childbirth education course, where we have a whole section on C-section and different things that you can expect during a C-section, different things that you can do to prepare for a C-section, especially if you know that it's a scheduled one. So that way you can feel informed and already have a lot of those questions answered for you. Now, we can educate you on what the specifics are for your birth location. And so asking those questions to your provider ahead of time can be really helpful, even if you're not planning to have a C-section because it's one less stressor that you don't have to worry about. You can grab our free birth plan as well. That includes a whole section on things to expect during a C-section so that you can have an idea of what your preferences are if you needed a cesarean birth. If you have a C-section, we do have a C-section specific recovery program to help support you after you give birth so that you can feel more connected. We can also optimize your healing at your scar site. And this is a program that we've tested with our in-person cesarean birth clients, and also that we've developed with a physical therapist who's had two C-sections herself. So it's a pretty solid program to really help optimize your healing after birth. And then when it comes to planning for subsequent births, if you are planning future pregnancies, know that it's okay to choose a scheduled C-section if that's your choice, if you feel confident that this is the best option for you to feel very safe and to know what to expect. But if you do want to have a vaginal birth after C-section, that is an option too. So just because you had a C-section doesn't mean that you can only have C-sections either. Both options are available.
1: And we have developed an entire course on supporting you and preparing you for vaginal birth after cesarean. And you can bundle this one with our childbirth education course as well. And we go over different things to consider when preparing for a VBAC to include your finding a supportive provider, but also to help you decide maybe a VBAC is not right for you and you do want to do a scheduled C-section. And you can use code STORY10 for 10% off any of our courses and programs.
0: All right. Welcome to the podcast, Angela. I'm really glad to have you here to share your C-section story due to breach birth. So can you introduce yourself and then tell us what your story is?
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, So my name is Angela. I'm a mom of two. I have a two and a half year old who was the C-section and then I have a two month old. And then when I'm not busy with them, I do work full time and moonlight on Instagram. (laughs) But um, in terms of my birth story, I really wanted to share it because I had a really positive C-section and I feel like C-sections kind of have a bad rap. I mean, I was terrified myself to have one. It was my greatest fear and It really turned out to be a really good experience. So I found out that my daughter was breached at my 36-week appointment, and we tried to flip her at 37 weeks. That's generally when practitioners will try and do the ECV procedure, and she didn't move. She didn't budge at all, and so we did go ahead and schedule a C-section, and... I was pretty devastated. My husband was super supportive, though, um, and it ended up, like I said, going really well, so I ended up scheduling her as early in the morning as I could um, because you can't eat beforehand, and I wanted to be able to eat, and I also just kind of wanted to get it over with, and ironically, my doctor ended up being delayed that day. She was at another birth, so I had scheduled my my C-section for 8am and she didn't get there until about 11. So I ended up just sitting in the triage area for quite a while, but I had a really good experience with the medical team at the hospital I delivered at. I had a dedicated nurse the entire time who actually, she walked me through everything and was really there by my side, which was really nice. And then the team that was there, you know, like the anesthesiologist and the other nurses, they were all really great and they all came in introduced themselves and made sure that I understood what was going on like what was the procedure did I have any questions so they all made sure they asked those questions of me and then in terms of the actual procedure there were a lot of people in the room I actually wrote it out it was nine people so we had the doctor a PA a search tech a nurse for me myself the pediatric nurse an anesthesiologist a nurse anesthesiologist and then myself and my husband so Completely different than what you would expect for a birth. Like you think of a birth being very private, very intimate moment. And this was like a bright room with all these people, but they were all so great. I walked myself into the room and then they did the spinal and that takes pretty quickly. And my doctor, who I have been with for 10 years now, eight at the time, she talked through the entire procedure, which for me was very calming. She, you know, she said what she was doing, she explained it as she was going, which is very much how she was in the office as well. And everything was There was a lot of consent and just a lot of good communication. And it happens very quickly. If you've never had a C-section, scheduled versus emergency, obviously, are probably a little different. But it was about 10 minutes before my daughter was born. So it goes very fast. And they did delayed cord clamping in my hospital, which was so great. So they put uh, my daughter up to the screen, actually, and just held her there and let me look at her. And she cried a little bit while the cord stopped pulsing and then they brought her over to the warmer right away which is a little bit different than a vaginal delivery where they put baby on the chest right away and can baby can sit on the chest usually for about an hour Um, but they took her away for just a few minutes while they took her vitals and her weight and all that stuff and my husband was allowed to cut the cord and then they brought her back over to me and she was placed directly on my chest for skin to skin in the OR while the procedure was going on so while they were sewing me up and all of that which I have heard doesn't always happen so I think something like that I would take away from that would be to ask your doctor if that's an option and they just put her right on my chest skin to skin she wasn't wrapped up or anything and I just really appreciated that because we still got to enjoy that time in the OR together and then you know after that we went to the post-op area and um, you know my doctor she actually did a little bit of an exam when we were when she was doing the procedure and she you know she said that my placenta looked good and there was no reason to indicate why baby was breech and I'd be a good candidate for feedback in the future so altogether it was very fast and very comforting and went really well. And I was really happy with with everything. (laughs) I don't think I would want to do it again. But I was really happy with how it went. (laughs) Did you do anything during your
0: prenatal appointments to advocate for a lot of this stuff? Or was this just like pretty standard for your medical team?
2: So I didn't know a lot about, because this was my first pregnancy, I didn't even know what to do to like prepare for either a vaginal delivery or a C-section. So when it got to the point of a C-section, I asked a lot of questions and I actually asked multiple doctors because I had seen a few different providers in those last few weeks and they all explained it to me and they all were very consistent. So that made me feel a lot better. I do wish that there had been like maybe more done before I was 36 weeks for me to like know how to get baby to not be breached like that was something that was I was totally taken off guard like I didn't even think during my entire pregnancy that I could have a breech baby it was never anything that crossed my mind
0: was your baby breech at your anatomy scan at like 20 weeks or you have no idea
2: I have no idea. They, you know, they didn't really explain that to me and they didn't tell me. And I should also say that I was pregnant. This was during 2020. It was like March, 2020 was when I started my second trimester, which obviously with timing made my entire pregnancy totally different in terms of the care that I received. So like I went to my 20 week anatomy scan alone. I didn't have my husband there, which was really unfortunate. And like, I didn't even have some doctor's appointments in the office. I didn't even think to ask those questions and the education just wasn't going on at that point.
0: (laughs) I can totally sympathize with you. My second pregnancy was during the pandemic and like all my prenatal appointments got canceled. Yeah. Until I was like 36 weeks and I was like, who's going to check on my baby? So I I feel you on that. Was there anything that like was unexpected for you during your cesarean birth that you wish someone had told you about beforehand or that you were like surprised by to so, like let other people know like, hey, when you have a C-section, this is something that you can expect that I was not aware of?
2: Um, I don't think there's anything about my C-section that I would change. And I want to recognize that Because mine was elective, you know, I wasn't laboring and there wasn't like a need to get baby out quickly. I feel like that probably contributed to it. So I think like the biggest takeaway for others is just to ask questions. There were so many people available and they were all willing to answer questions. And so I think if you have something, just ask, you know, like the medical team is there to support you. And They want to answer those questions. You know, they've heard everything. Like, what advice do you have for others that may find out that their baby is breech? Yeah, so I definitely took a different approach with baby number two, knowing that I'd had a previous breach delivery. So I did a lot of exercises to encourage baby to be head down. So I did a lot of inversions beginning at 20 weeks. And I think your Instagram account has a lot of really good exercises that I actually did for baby number two. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was really helpful. I have to give you a shout out, definitely. Um, So I would do those exercises. There is the breach baby course from spinning babies. I did do that when I was 32 weeks with baby number two. And So I do think that that helped and that has a couple of different exercises that you can do depending on where you are in your pregnancy. And if you do get to that point, you know, 36 weeks, 37 weeks, you can do breech vaginal deliveries. I didn't know that was even an option at the time. I don't know if that, well, it was because my provider doesn't do them. And also, again, the timing, I just didn't even think to try and find other medical care at the time. But that is something that you can probably get on Facebook and find out. I know that there are VBAC support Facebook groups in my area, and I feel like that would be a really good resource to see if you can find a provider that would do it, if that's what you want. I think a C-section is also an option. I think a lot of people elect to do that, so if that works best for you, then That's also an option.
0: So after you had your cesarean, you decided to have a vaginal birth after C-section, also known as a VBAC. Could you share kind of how you prepared for your VBAC after your first C-section and kind of how it went for you?
2: Yeah, so I went into pregnancy number two totally different than the first one. I did a lot of my own research, a lot of education even before. I found out I was pregnant because I knew I wanted to have a VBAC. So that was the very first thing I did. And I think that's probably the best thing I did because I was able to make the most informed decisions for myself. So a couple things I did differently was I hired a doula, 100% recommend a doula, even if it's your first pregnancy and you're not sure like what to expect. She was so helpful and probably the only (laughs) reason I was able to be successful they know your birth plan inside and out, and they really, well, she was really able to advocate for me at the right time during my labor without me even having to think about it. So that was so great. I did a lot of prenatal exercises this time around, so I've been weightlifting for 10 years and my first pregnancy I just lifted normally and this time around I did a lot more to encourage baby to be head down, a lot more to encourage baby to get into the birth canal, so a lot of hip opening exercises and I did those from about 20 weeks on and I also just made sure I had a really good communication with my doctor and like made sure that she knew what I wanted to do. Um, and then she, you know, she we didn't actually see eye to eye, which I think a lot of people say to get a provider that's really supportive of having a VBAC. And she absolutely was, but she was a little bit hesitant on me not having an epidural. I think that would have made her more comfortable. You know, I told her I didn't want to, and we just talked it through and it ended up working out really well. So when it came time for the actual labor, um, I did have a, a membrane sweep. I had that done when I was 39 weeks and six days. And uh, that was a, a 10 a.m. appointment. And I went back to the hospital at about 8 p.m. that night because I couldn't tell if my water had broken and I was having some contractions and I lived kind of far away from the hospital as well and so they did admit me at 9 p.m. because my water had broken and I was three centimeters and everything was really calm. I was, you know, on the way to the hospital, I called the doula. I said, don't go. We'll call you if we get admitted and I was feeling really good. I was breathing through everything They did have to put me on a monitor that was just standard for the hospital, and they had wireless monitors, so I was totally fine with that. So between like 9 and 10 p.m., they were getting me set up on the monitor. I had an IV lock, which was standard. They didn't run anything, but it was kind of a just-in-case, and I was totally okay with that. I was actually in bed from that hour, from like 9 to 10 p.m., and my labor basically stopped like I stopped having contractions so I totally see why people don't labor in bed because it pretty much made my contractions go away so at 10 p.m. I was able to get out of bed um, after they put the monitor on me and started walking around I do look out there we started talking about positions that would be helpful for me to be able to get baby down on his own and they told me they were letting labor all night without Pitocin. That was like the first thing I asked since my water had already broken. At about 1030, my water like completely ruptured, I could hear it and I felt it and it went very fast from there. It was like 0200 and by, it was very fast, I was not expecting it because I didn't labor the first time so I had no idea what to expect. My doula was really great between, well, the whole time, but between 10.30 and 11.30, I went from three to seven centimeters. And so she was doing a lot of counter pressure and I tried the shower. I got to the point where I was really uncomfortable. I try not to use the word pain, but it was definitely up there in terms of being uncomfortable and Like I said, she knew everything that I wanted inside and out, and so she recommended that I come lay on the bed um, and see if I would do better with gas and air to calm down, and that absolutely helped a little bit. And then the nursing staff actually asked if I wanted a fentanyl because I actually was... Pretty. I was in a lot of pain and I did accept that because I felt like it was a little bit too late to get an epidural and there's no way I would have been able to sit still at that point to even get one and by 12:30, I was pushing and I had really I didn't want to push on my back like I had I think been really influenced by a lot of things I see on social media and I was like I don't want to be on my back like I want to do all these positions but when it came down to it My doula, she saw that I was struggling through it, and she was like, it's okay if you want to be on your back, and it's okay if you want us to tell you how to push. Like, that's an okay thing if you want to do that, and I said yes, and I think he was born like 20 minutes later. So it was definitely the right decision um, to let them do that, even though I went in thinking, no, I shouldn't do this. But yeah, it went really fast, really hard, and... um, totally different experience than the first time around and I did get to have him put on my chest for about an hour Um, and he just laid there and we looked at each other and it was it was wonderful so I was really happy I would love to do a vaginal delivery again but I do think I would get an epidural (laughs) next time. Were there similarities between your c-section birth and
0: your VBAC that you think both contributed towards a positive experience for you?
2: I think staying with the medical team, like the doctor's office that I had and the hospital were the the two most consistent things. And I did have, I had thought about changing providers during my pregnancy, but because of a few things that came up on my ultrasounds, I didn't ever do it. And I'm really glad I kind of followed like my instinct and I stayed with my doctor's office and I stayed at the hospital and those were the two most consistent things I had again, the most amazing nurses. And it wasn't my regular doctor that delivered him. It was whoever was on call, but she was, she was great. And so that was the most, that that's what I would say would be the similarities between the two.
0: It sounds like they did a good job with both your births with getting consent from you and kind of informing you on what was going on. And so that seems to be like another consistency for me between your two births that probably really helps you have really positive experiences.
2: Yeah, definitely. I don't feel like there was ever any pressure to do anything. And I, you know, they gave me everything I needed in the office. I did consent forms for VBAC in the office and did the physical before the C section in the office. And we really had good communication. And I think that that made a really big difference.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing both of your birth stories your positive C section story and then your vaginal birth after C section story. Do you have any advice for others that? are potentially going to have a C-section and then kind of navigating their subsequent pregnancies or just any like words of wisdom that you want to share with others who may find themselves in a similar situation as you.
2: Yeah, I think like my biggest takeaway from having a C-section is just fully understanding what can happen in subsequent pregnancies because there were complications that could happen that I was not aware of. I think would be just do your own research, and do a lot of self-education so that you feel empowered when you're making your decisions. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much again for sharing both of your stories, and I hope everyone enjoys listening to them as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today and listening to this episode. Know that if you have a cesarean birth, you have options for your subsequent births. You don't have to have a C-section again, but you also don't need to have a vaginal birth if that's not what you're wanting. You don't have to have a VBAC because sometimes I think there's pressure to have this specific type of birth, but know that you have options. You can really choose whatever you want. If you want to have a scheduled C-section because that helps you feel most confident and you're more comfortable with that experience, go for it. If you want to have a vaginal birth and you want to have a VBAC, know that it's really important to find a provider that supports you in that fully. So having a supportive VBAC provider is crucial for preparing for a vaginal birth. If you want more support throughout your pregnancy, join our prenatal fitness programs and childbirth education course. If you want more support after birth, join our postpartum fitness programs, which includes a C-section recovery program with scar mobilization and education courses. If you're a professional, we offer birth worker and fitness trainer courses so you can learn from us and earn CEUs. Explore all of our courses on our website at mama and use code story 10 to save 10% off all of our programs. If you enjoy this episode, please follow our podcast to be notified when we release new episodes, leave a review and share with your friends. We release new episodes every Wednesday and new birth stories every Friday. The Mama Stay Fit Birth Story Friday episodes are sponsored by Bao Bay, a parent and clothing company that supports your pregnancy, birth, and beyond with expertly curated support wear garments. Use code Mama Stay Fit for 15% off your order.